the quest to accurately match patients with their health data is harder than it sounds, and mistakes and gaps in correctly matching patients with their health records can lead to patient safety issues as well as privacy breaches. Although Congress in 1999 passed a law that prohibits federal funds to be used to develop a unique patient identifier for individuals, which potentially could have helped with patient matching, the Department of Health and Human Services has realized the challenges involved with accurately matching patients with their records. Absent a national system for identifying patients, HHS's Office of the National Coordinator for Health IT recently worked with the CMMI Institute to develop a new patient demographic data quality framework that aims to help improve patient safety and privacy by helping healthcare organizations to accurately and consistently match patient data internally as well as between organizations. I'm Marianne Kolbesak-McGee, Executive Editor of Information Security Media Group, and today I'm speaking with Kirk Batula, CEO of CMMI Institute, and Melanie Mecca, CMMI's Director of Data Management and Product Services, and also a key author of the framework. So now for starters, please very briefly describe how the framework helps improve patient matching, but also briefly tell us what CMMI's involvement was and what did ONC contribute? To give a little bit of context also, the CMMI Institute is, I'd say, the original CMMI, and this is a mouthful, it stands for the Capability Maturity Model Integration. But we, our origin is really in creating best practices frameworks that have been adopted globally in areas of engineering, software development, services, data management, people management, cybersecurity, broad set of areas, and our frameworks are used by organizations ranging from NASA to large multinationals like HP and Siemens or Honeywell, for example. And so in in this particular context, we had engaged in a conversation around our data management maturity model, uh, which is really a framework for best practices around the area of data management. And and let me uh, hand it over to Melanie. So we, in 2014, published a comprehensive reference model for best management practices for corporate data assets of all kinds and this is called the data management maturity model. The community of practice, which is healthcare organizations, insurers, members of the ONC, and other industry experts, looked at data management frameworks to improve the overall condition of data, particularly patient demographic data, hence PDDQ, patient demographic data quality, and they chose the DMM as the baseline framework, reached out to us and said, can you write us something that incorporates these best practices that is precisely targeted to healthcare organizations from small ambulatory practices up through major healthcare systems, and which will help organizations determine what they're currently doing with the patient demographic data where the patient demographic data may be created or modified across the healthcare life cycle, starting with registration, patient care, facilities assignment, laboratory, pharmacy, and ending up in claims and billing, and come up with uh, what they're doing now and what they could do better with the end goal of improving the accuracy and completeness of the patient records and, of course, minimizing or hopefully eliminating 
duplicate patient records. Now, the primary goal of writing this document was to improve patient safety. And, of course, so that if they're going to cut off your right arm, they don't end up cutting off your left arm. And prescribing the correct medicines because we can correctly identify you and your previous diagnoses, et cetera, et cetera. It also, however, has useful effects downstream on analytics, healthcare analytics, on healthcare information exchange, and, of course, for claims to CMS and claims to insurance, and finally, in billing patients. So it has many tendrils. Some are more direct and some are less direct. And I just want to say that this is not software. What it is is a system of interrogating participants around the healthcare organization to, so they can share information and determine, for example, where in the care life cycle the patient demographic data is either created or modified. Because as our client at ONC told us, it's basically it can be touched at any phase. So it may start out that registration has all the needed information to uniquely identify a patient, and there may be additions or changes of address or phone numbers or changes of other demographic data that happen later down the line in the healthcare cycle causing inaccuracies in the records. So although this is not software, it is management practices that can be done by all of the healthcare area participants in the organization. It does directly affect the quality of data, allows them to improve it, put in better processes, and this also affects the accuracy of the record matching algorithms. And as you know, the record matching algorithms are not consistent across the industry. I'm sure you've run into that, Marianne. We have different major healthcare system vendors. We have health information exchanges. The industry as a whole and HHS has encouraged standard critical identity attributes. You know, they've proposed uh, sets of attributes, but at this point, having looked at a lot of policy and research studies, it appears that a lot of these major vendors and healthcare information exchanges do not have a standard set of data that they always collect. They have different mandatory data elements and so on. So the algorithms out there in the industry are also different. So HHS has been working on improving those algorithms, and what we have done is to help organizations improve the effectiveness of the matching algorithms that they use. So now, in terms of the framework and helping with the integrity of data, as well as, I I know you mentioned some of the other goals that are in mind for what this framework could help achieve. How about when it comes to protecting the privacy of patient data, you know, ensuring that people who are accessing the data or maybe exchanging the data, they're not uh, accidentally or maybe even intentionally, for that matter, going into somebody else's record? How does that kind of fit into what this framework might help? Now, our framework was primarily about making the demographic data better and the practices and processes and standards that organizations could institute, you know, discover, work together to mutually institute these good practices and standards so that their data would be better. We do not focus on data privacy or entitlement and permissioning or HIPAA. So this is basically the fundamental, foundational best practices for managing any kind of data, but it is written to be very specific to the context and situational needs 
of healthcare and patient data. And I would add we are doing separate work outside the scope of this related to data privacy as it relates to privacy regulation in emerging in Europe, and we also deal with uh, separately with security, with, uh, with our cybersecurity capability assessment, but those are outside the scope of this particular framework. But Marianne, you introduce a good point because we, in, in terms of our baseline comprehensive reference model, the data management maturity model, as well as the PDDQ, we do have our, an intent to take up privacy and security from the business standpoint or the healthcare participant standpoint, what decisions do they need to make about who can access their data, what are the best practices to make sure that, that the PII data is protected. So that's kind of a future release, if you will. So when it comes to healthcare entities implementing this framework, what do they need to know? And does this framework work in conjunction with other frameworks that they could be using, you know, for instance, the NIST cybersecurity framework, you know, where does this mesh and is it apples and oranges or do they fit together? Yes, they fit together very well because anytime you improve people practices, that is activities that people do and that you develop and follow standards for what the data itself should look like, how it should be captured, how it should be defined, then you are essentially improving all other processes directly that are dependent on that data. Now, the format of the PDDQ is essentially 76 statements arranged in three tiers from foundational building to advanced capabilities. So there may be three or four questions in order of difficulty, let's say, to implement over our 19 different topics or process areas that comprise everything you need to do with patient data. So the, four, the questions are followed by content that is specific and gives examples directly from challenges about patient data. So the idea is that this can be used by an organization or even a small, you know, couple of practitioner, couple of healthcare practice. It can be used to interrogate how they're currently doing things. We think that you can't really make progress until you have a very good, precise sense of where you are now. So they may find out that it might be beneficial, for example, to have a second registrar checking a registration entry, and they might not do that now, but because they're saying, oh, we have a certain amount of errors that happen at registration, let's institute another check on this data. They could say, we don't define such and such, and such a, a data element the same. They mean something different by it in laboratory and pharmacy than they are thinking about it in registration. So let's define that data better so that we capture and maintain it better. So those are the kinds of things that we are looking at. I'm sorry, I was going to add that the, it, it's complementary to the this CSF, but again, it's kind of addressing a, a very specific issue. We're rolling out a cybersecurity framework in March that specifically guides people in the, in the pragmatic, hands-on approach for how to implement this CSF. But I think it, it complements the PDDQ, but it's, again, it's a little bit, uh, it's beyond the, the scope of that specific. Marianne, our client is also focused on, of course, data aggregation for statistical purposes of improving healthcare. 
So when you improve the processes that create and update the data, then you're also making better records that you can then aggregate and run, on, run models and statistics against with a higher expectation of accuracy. So analytics is key interest here, as is data exchange interoperability. Kirk, you had mentioned that you're also working on a cybersecurity-related framework that will be released in March. Is, this, is that specifically for the healthcare sector, or is it, uh, again, something that it kind of meshes with you know, the other work that you guys do across other sectors as well? Yeah, it's not just uh, targeted at healthcare. So it, it, it is it's a cross-industry solution. Now, the, the thing that it also incorporates is what I would say is vertical benchmarking. So over time, folks that are using the approach within healthcare specifically would be able to see peer data against best practices relative to folks within their specific industry, but it's a cross-industry uh, solution. And I would also say because, like the NIST-CSF looks at things from a particular profile. The risk profile of the healthcare industry might look different than, say, the risk profile of utilities industry. So it supports the ability to look at cybersecurity through the lens of enterprise risk in a way that's tailored to the organization and the industry that they're in. So going back to the patient demographic data quality framework, does framework help to authenticate that uh, you know patients are who they say they are, even at the registration point? You know, we hear so much about fraud, and sometimes people use other people's identities. Does this help in that fight at all in terms of fraudulent transactions? Well, in terms of if it depends on the uh, system that they're using and the and the practices that they have. For example, when I go to register here in the D.C. area as a new patient, they not only want to see my registration card, but they also want to see my driver's license. <laughs> and, of course, then they ask for a credit card, which gives them a lot of information to help authenticate me. But in some small practices or, you know, clinics or emergency rooms, there's a lot of hurry, so some of that information is not captured at the point of capture when the person shows up. So certainly those types of procedures are helpful. But there's nothing specific about authentication through automated means in the PDDQ because that's essentially proof that something in the real world is true, right? So that's more of a procedural issue when you capture the data and then there are authentication tools for access when you decide who gets to be entitled to the data. So that is actually part of the the entitlement portion, who has access, is included in one of the questions. But what we're really advocating through the PDDQ, and this is what HHS assures us that the healthcare industry needs, is we are helping organizations get better alignment in certain key factors, implementing governance functions over the data, that is mutual decision-making and approvals, to help plan how they're going to improve the data quality of the patient record, implementing those quality improvements and uh, monitoring to ensure the quality is high, managing operational components in such a way that accuracy is maintained, mapping data dependencies, especially from system to system, from data store to data store, supporting shared data interoperability access, and especially ensuring that the data is mutually understood and uh, trusted across the organization. So we, we advocate 
these requirements and activities for doing a great job with the patient data, the best job that you can possibly do. But we do not prescribe exactly how they should achieve these capabilities because we found in working with many other industries that even in the same industry, organizations are quite unique and their strengths and gaps are different and they are at different places on the ladder with growing their capabilities. So the PDDQ is precise and comprehensive and staged in a reasonable fashion, but it leaves it to the organization to determine how best to implement these processes and work products. And finally, when is this framework available? Is it available now? Is this something they need to purchase? Is this something they just re reference? How do healthcare organizations begin to use this framework? There is no cost for the framework. It is publicly available, and we can provide you with the website link so that your, your listeners can access it. Thanks, Melanie. Thanks, Kirk. I've been speaking to Kirk Batula and Melanie Mecca of CMMI. I'm Marianne Kolbesak-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.